Welcome to Phone Messages, episode 194. You know my number has changed. My name is Paul Mason Foch. This week, I play message number eight from my grandmother. It comes from the summer of 1990 and is 44 seconds long. Let's listen. Paul, this is Grandma down at in Florida, and you know my number has changed. Telephone number, and it's 813, that's the area, and the number is 2243. That doesn't sound right for some reason. All right, you can call me if you want to. This is the last message I have from my grandma, and you can hear a bit of distress in her voice. She is calling to tell me her new phone number But after providing the area code, she starts to press the next digits into her touch-tone phone before reading the final four numbers. After this, she says, That doesn't sound right for some reason, apparently recognizing that she made a mistake, but unsure what it was. Listening to this message can be heartbreaking. On the other hand, the new phone number was a sign that her situation had improved significantly, since moving from a typical nursing home, where she shared a hospital-like room, to a more attractive facility with her own space. I'm not sure how many more times I spoke to her after this call, since I went to France for six months beginning in September and then was transient for a while before moving to San Diego for graduate school. She passed just after my arrival in California. In previous episodes, I imagined my grandmother's life in 1920s Evanston, Illinois, where she met my grandfather. It's interesting to trace the public record of her life after that as she moved across the Midwest, fulfilling the role of minister's wife. The majority of mentions she receives in newspaper archives are attached to my grandfather. For example, in an April 1933 issue of the Marshall Evening Chronicle, A column with news from Homer, Michigan, notes, Reverend and Mrs. E. M. McGeehee have moved from the Mrs. Elizabeth Conkey residence in Sophia Street to the Presbyterian Manse in South Hillsdale Street. Or this from a December 1957 issue of the Alton Evening Telegraph. In Brighton, Illinois, approximately 100 families and friends of the Presbyterian Church gathered Sunday at noon for a potluck dinner in the church parish house to welcome their new minister and his wife, 
the Reverend and Mrs. E. M. McGeehee. There were times when my grandmother was mentioned separately from her husband, albeit still referred to by his name. While Grandpa was a pastor in Homer, Michigan, the Marshall Evening Chronicle noted several times her talks on stewardship for the Presbyterian Missionary Society. And in June of 1936, the paper announced, Mrs. E. M. McGeehee will be an instructor at the Presbyterian Young People's Conference to be held in Alma, Michigan in July. In 1955, the Jacksonville Daily Journal recounted a Travelers Club meeting in Virginia, Illinois, where she gave a book review on I Married a Korean, about an American woman who moved to Korea after meeting her husband at Drew University in New Jersey. The most intriguing sample of her social life comes from a 1959 issue of the Alton Evening Telegraph, which describes her chairing a program of the Brighton, Illinois Civic League. The league had invited an expert in graphonalysis to examine the handwriting of local women. According to the article, avid copying of samples from the blackboard during Dr. Pesarek's lecture indicated the keen interest of the audience in the subject at hand. One member had brought a sample of her husband's handwriting in the hope of, quote, finding out what this scribble means. Dr. Pisarek pointed out that all strokes of the T indicate something of the character of the writer. He showed that a one-shaped stem indicates supersensitiveness, a spraddled stem laziness, a short stem independence. The crossbar, he said, is an indicator of the amount of self-will the writer possesses, and its upward or downward slant tells of optimism, sarcastic tendencies, or decisiveness. Overall, the newspaper records reveal my grandmother's active participation in public life. And yet, I could not find reference to one of her most lasting contributions. The transcription of letters written by her great-grandfather, Richard Sutton, between 1853 and 1856, when he traveled west for the California Gold Rush. Over the course of many years, Grandma painstakingly typed out the letters that were originally handwritten in tiny, barely legible script and that had been passed down in a small cardboard box through generations. After finishing her transcription, she donated the originals to the University of Michigan Archives, where they can be found today at the Bentley Historical Library. If you would like to donate phone messages to my archive, go to pfoch.com. That's P-F-O-T-S-C-H dot com. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next week.